We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network Milwaukee Bucks season preview podcast. It's here. We've gone through the other 29 teams to share a quick analysis and over under pr- predictions. We're going to do the same about the Milwaukee Bucks, although obviously have a much deeper conversation to go along with said predictions. I'm Ty Windish, one of the hosts of the Eurostep, joined as always by the very golden ratio friendly Rohan Kadi, plus Jordan Tresky and Adam McGee of the Win in Six podcast. Fellas, for the last time before the 22-23 NBA season, how's it going? You scared me, Ty. I was like, are you <laughs> dropping some news on me for no, the last no. time? No, just oh my goodness. last time we're all going to be on a pod before the season starts. I know. I, I had a mini heart attack. I was oh. like, no, I can't get rid of my GSPN homies. <laughs> That's nice. Jordan, you and I are not golden ratioed. I don't know if you notice that. Neither am I. <laughs> I don't even know what these words mean. <laughs> <laughs> we will, we will we'll get, get to, to we'll Yeah, get to. we'll get to the golden ratio later. When we talk about Bucks coaching, but I think we've decided the best way to do this. So we've done over unders for every team. We're going to do our predictions or takes in Jordan's case on the Bucks over under as well. We pulled this a couple of days ago. The line may have shrunk a little bit since then with recent news we'll get into on the injury front for Milwaukee. However, we are going with a line of 53 Adam. As you did the calcs beforehand to be prepared to speak to this without without needing to say judge by the over under just pure data science would you like to kick us off on this episode? Yeah, I'll, I'll kick us off. Uh, do I feel good about kicking us off? No. Do I feel good about what I'm going to say? Not really, although not by a long way. Um, so when we went through all these over unders and we did our east and west previews. At that time, the Milwaukee Bucks line sat at 53 wins. And that is exactly what I had the Bucks to come in at, was 53 wins. 
Um, they are the team that I have for top of the Eastern Conference. Do I feel quite as good about that now as I did a few days ago? Not necessarily. Pat Connaughton being out a few weeks on top of the other injuries they're dealing with to start the season makes wing depth a real concern. And I don't put any stock in preseason. I was going to say I don't put a lot, but I don't put any stock in preseason. But off a of preseason where obviously they didn't win a game and then coming into the season down a number of guys, maybe it'll be tough or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just be like, oh, Giannis is the best player in the world and Drew's still there and Brooke is there and they've got Bobby to give them some minutes so he might get a better version of Grayson and Wes Matthews can give quality minutes still. And sure, beyond that, we're going to have some questions, but there is still a really strong starting lineup and a couple of core contributors beyond that um, into Javon Carter. Certainly, we're going to see a lot of George Hill to start the season, whether it continues that way further down the line. I guess that start of the season will decide a lot on that front. It's going to be kind of trial by fire for him. Is he going to bounce back or is he officially done? But yeah, in coming into this exercise and where I'm at with the books overall, I don't think it's going to be a really gaudy win total that leads the East this year. I think the books are going to have a better regular season. I think some things should click just a little bit better than they did last year. Hoping, going with what Rohan, I believe, was very adamant towards the back end of last year that we're going to get a better version of Grayson Allen and he's going to mesh better with the books this season. Hoping that factors into it. But yeah, for me, uh, I was I was going with the push. Do I feel great about that now? Mm, if we were doing a fresh, I might shave a game or two off, but I see the books being 50 plus wins and being right in the mix the top of the East. I mean, it's par for the course for the Bucks to win 50 games under Mike Budenholzer. Uh, they've had a 50 winner, 50 win pace every single one of his seasons. So even though the line is 53, I'm taking the slight under and I'm saying 52 wins. I'm sure we're going to get into it. A lot of what you're saying, Adam, uh, rings true for me as well. Injury concerns are a little, it's a little concerning, obviously. I just said they're injury, injury concerns, but, uh, it's just, it's a little troubling. Like, how is this roster going to sort of fit together? I feel like they're going to go through some pains maybe a little early on in the season. But if there's a time to do it, it's then, it's early on. And then as they get their guys back and get stronger, they'll continue to get better. Can we expect another 60-win season from this team? Probably not. Are we? they going to be very, very good? One of the top seeds in the East, 50-plus wins? I think so. Um... He's so I went, in, takes. I went into this exercise thinking 53 is kind of like the perfect number for them. Obviously, as Rohan mentioned, they've had a, uh, 50 win seasons or 50 win pace every year that Bud has been in Milwaukee. Um, so it's earned. It's definitely earned. I, at the time that we were doing the initial over-unders, I was thinking, well, there has been a lot of clarity on Chris Middleton's timeline, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. <laughs> like, that's kind of, okay, don't really know that. Joe Ingles kind of getting pushed back, even though I think January felt very optimistic when he was interviewed um, over the summer, forget how or when that happened. I think even um, it was December at one point. It was like, Yeah, that's right, yeah. It was December, or uh, whispers, or whatever. Um, from the horse's mouth, I should say. Um, but 
I was like, okay, so you're missing like wing depth. Then it's just like a matter of we know what this where this team is at. It's it's not just you know, Chris is obviously a huge ingredient to what they're putting together. And I did not watch any of the preseason. I'm just admitting this right now. And but it wasn't like I was like, hey, oh, it's like, oh, you lost every game. Okay, whatever. It's not a big deal. But it's just a matter of okay, you're gonna give the young guys opportunity early in the season, especially with Chris being out. Um, on top of that, Joe Ingles being out. Then the news came in about Pat being out for three weeks. Wes is dealing with something that they are hoping to be cleared up by the season opener. But again, you're kind of wanting to pace Wes um, over the course of the season. So it's just a lot of like, hmm, for like the greatest strength of their roster, it's already being tested a lot going into this year. And you're going to see a lot of Marjan. You're going to see a lot of war. You're going to see a lot of two guard lineups, whether it's some machination of Drew and George, or is it Drew, uh, Drew and Javon, George and Javon, uh, Grace and Al. Like it's a lot of those like things of like, okay, there's some good things to be had in terms of like, you want to see like the best start that they have, but it's also like, we've gone through this story before. You want to see the Bucks pace themselves and hit their final, you know, true form when it's closer to the end of the season, slash playoffs. So, with all that in mind, I initially went under, and I feel even more confirmed by going under. And I think that's a bad thing. I just think it's just a matter of circumstances. I don't, I'd be surprised if their 50-win season streak is in true jeopardy this year. But I think it's... Again, I think it's just kind of it's not to the degree of Brooke last year. Certainly not. I mean, if it is, God, we're in for another strange ride. But uh I might have to I, retire. Yeah. I think though, I think it's they're going to be very cautious with Chris. And the good thing about his injury is that I think he, he even said it himself in some things I was reading before we started recording. He is still staying in shape. It's not like he's you know, sitting on the bench or sitting on his couch or anything like that, he can be, he's able to keep maintaining his um, fitness and just kind of when he does make his return, it's going to be pretty seamless in that way. But I do think that they're going to be very cautious with not just Chris, obviously Ingles. It's it's just, they got, they've gone through it. They've gone through a lot of long playoff runs too. This is the fifth year with Bud. And so, I mean, you're talking about at least, uh, <laughs> what at least a runs that have gone to the second round or longer um every year so that that's a lot of basketball even plus on top of just how the world has been for the last two and a half three years so i i think this is just part of the part of the plan this year and yeah is it going to be frustrating times probably this is bucks basketball <laughs> but it has the the chances of being uh, far worth it in the end. You guys know how many Bucks missed less than fifteen games last season? Wait, not counting obviously guys who came in late. Like over the course of the season, how many of the guys on the team missed less than fifteen games? I, I was looking at some of the in street clothes numbers earlier, and honestly, I, I think it's it is approaching a larger conversation that should be had. Uh, the Bucks injury 
track record has been really bad for a long time. They were like twenty third in the league. So I'm gonna go higher than that. Fifteen no, games? That what you're missed, wait, missed no, less missed than fifteen less than games. 15. Oh, missed less. So how many oh, guys okay. were around the whole season and missed less than fifteen games last season for the Bucks? Three. Final two. Answer. I'll go two. So is this that they played sixty seven or more? Is yes. that as a okay, as opposed to Oh, then it's yeah, I'll say three. One. Six it would be sixty eight or more. Is it Pat? Bobby no, Portis. Pat, no. Bobby Portis played seventy two. Nobody else wow. played more than sixty eight. Giannis and Drew both missed fifteen. Chris missed sixteen. Grayson did as well. Pat missed seventeen. Obviously, Brooke plays thirteen total games. Give me the over. I think despite the injury issues, there's still a world where they are actually healthier and have more cohesion this year. I think they have more cohesion than really any team in the league with the Celtics and Warriors kind of imploding. And that's valuable, even if it's not everything. The last several regular seasons, we have seen John Horst have to make these midseason moves because they're a player short or someone's just clearly not working, whether it was number 37 and Rodney Hood or DJ Augustine or whatever else. The Bucks are big rod. I don't. The Bucks are entering this season <laughs> with a group of players they know and trust, and they've they've harped on how important that is all year. I think the rotation is clearer than it's ever been to start a season, even if there's some things to be ironed out. And they're going to be thin early, but there's options there that they can give a chance to. So I think it'll look like they're trailing, maybe a little behind it early. But I do think this team is set up, as you guys mentioned, give Chris that time he needs. Make sure he's right before he comes back. But I think when Chris is inserted back in the lineup, I think the Bucks are going to roll like we saw two years ago, where they just dominate teams. And there are a lot of good teams in the East, but I think none are better than the Bucks. And honestly, I think this team kind of thrives when, not that no one's high on them, but I just feel like no one kind of cares right now. I shared this on Twitter earlier today, the athletics survey of like all the people or whatever who work there. What player are you most excited about this season? Zero votes for any Bucks. You know, they're picked to win the East or whatever. That's fine. But I, I don't think anyone cares that much. I feel like the spotlight is off. The pressure is not really that high. They're just kind of there and everyone will check in with them in March. I think they're built for this. Give me the over. I think they win just over because 53 is a high line. But, I mean, they're a great team. They have the best player in the world. And they have a roster that they feel stronger about than any in in – you know, the Giannis era, really. I actually think they've been picked to win by more people this year than ever before. But I think to your point, yeah, it's honestly it, scary. It's, it's a weird. reflection of just, I guess, the state of NBA media. Yeah, it's they're, uh, not, again, they're it's, not messy. They're not dramatic. So people aren't interested. Everyone it's, just says, yeah, it's they're not the about who's pick, the best basketball Let's team. move on. It's, yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> uh, to some extent, I get that if you're trying to mine content out of it and you're covering the whole NBA. Because my view is kind of largely if the books stay healthy, I think the books win a championship. And there's multiple levels to that. One is how healthy you are throughout the season. And then two, as we know all too well from last season, it's if you're going to get injuries, when are you going to get them? Can you be healthy at the right time? Um, but yeah, I think I think that's fair. I'm I'm definitely closer to that level of optimism. Like, I'm saying that even Jordan, with his sobering thoughts, going with the under, 
says he doesn't think the 50 win mark is in danger. So we all think the baseline for this team is really, really high in spite of starting the season with some challenges. Part of the reason why I did stick and I wasn't like, you know, I'm just going to take an excuse and drop to an under here. Seven of the first nine games are at home. And that's really going to do this team a lot of favors as they work their way towards uh, Chris and Pat being back. And honestly, like not the weakest schedule, not the strongest schedule either. Like with home games, if they start pretty well, if they do find something, even if that just means Yana starts the season really well, they could actually get ahead of things rather than fall behind things early on. I think it's certainly possible with the way their schedule breaks. And that's something that is pretty nice for them. Even like when you look at it kind of extended out after the home stretch, it takes a while before it gets to something that's really daunting. Like, I think they'll they'll be able to navigate through the most troubling early spell for injuries against not the most dangerous of opposition. And that's something that I think the Bucks will be grateful for. And if they can take advantage of that, well, then, yeah, anything's possible from there. Two more quick availability stats that I think are important to the Bucks over. And again, I would not necessarily bet this, but forced to make a call, I am going over. The number of games with all three of Chris, Giannis, and Drew Holiday, 47 out of 82. And the amount of games with those three and Brooke Lopez, 9 of 82. And despite this, they finished, what, third in the East and win 51 last season. So I think if you get – even if those these, – like so these stars sit games because of rest or whatever, if they play 60 games together, I don't think it's that wild to think they could eke out three more wins than last season – when they were all in and out of the lineup one after another all the time. Like I I almost think in looking at Chris's status and of course Ingles who, you know, whatever. I at this point honestly and we can have a conversation, I'm just like pushing back anything for Ingles. Like I don't expect him to do anything this year and I'm I'm I don't I think that's how it kind of should be and there shouldn't be that much expectation. I, it almost feels like found money if they get yeah, like a playoff player. He's not him. on the team until he's on the team sort of thing. Exactly. But I think like I think there's just an underrating happening or kind of a glossing over of how brutal last year was for them with the injuries and the no offseason and everything just because they still ended up, you know, getting the 50 wins as we talked about. But, you know, if, if Chris comes back in a month and Chris, Drew and Giannis play a bunch together, I just think they're going to kill teams as, as they typically do. It'd be nice to go back to a dominant Bucks regular season. We obviously didn't see that last year, but like you mentioned, I two years ago. Like before the before everything shut down, they they were what were they fifty three and nine or something, or something ridiculous. They ended up like fifty six and fifty six and seventeen. Yeah, so it was it was something wild. Like they they eclipsed the fifty win mark before everything shut down. They were on pace was, for a hair under sixty three wins that season. It would have been the best season in Bucks history, is what they were on pace for regular season. Yeah. Yeah, and even whatever yeah. it was, as I will never let go, they they started to stumble just before COVID kicked in too. Like I think they lost. Giannis was three, hurt. Three of their last Giannis four got hurt. Giannis got two. hurt, yeah. and they, he actually got to. We we thought the bubble might be almost nice because it gave Giannis so much time to rehab. Ended up not being the case, and then Giannis gets hurt again. But yeah, Listen, it was. We, we never need to talk with the bubble again. True, we got the got the other side, and <laughs> everything was all right. But uh, by my general point is. This team is capable, this core is capable of just stringing together wins on wins and just absolutely crushing teams in the regular season. 
And last year, they didn't have a true opportunity to do that. I might be sort of getting convinced out of my underpick here. But unfortunately, the reason that we mentioned that uh, Adam, you had to push me and Jordan had an under injuries. We, we've talked about it a little bit. We haven't addressed it specifically. There was a report that Pat Conson, uh, the Bucks, announced that he would miss at least three weeks with a hamstring injury, which is calf injury, calf injury, calf injury, calf strain, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a little concerned. Yeah. I don't know. This is, this is part of the, uh, this is what happens though. Like, I I mean, it, it's not the Brook thing last year was a very extreme example, but like, it just kind of adds up like the little, like, okay, you're going to have guys that are going to miss time. You have muscle injuries. You're going to have just the wear and tear of the last. It's not just one year. It's the last it's post or not post, but like since COVID <laughs> the fact that every Bucks player has been like, we finally had a real off season to get right and all this stuff. And it's like, and even then, like Giannis is playing Eurobasket, San, Sandro Mamakelishvili, Thanasis, um, missing probably someone else too. Thanasis didn't do that much playing, but point taken. But it's, that, yeah. That's, <laughs> well, he was, for he was for getting spirit. ready for what nope. he does for the book. That's true. Exactly. That's true. But um, it's just, it's just. It's part of the game. And they have an older roster. Yes. That is that is inescapable. Um and it probably got even older with getting a guy like Ingles, who again, perfect addition for what they for what they have and what they need. And um I can only think of Rohan freaking out when we were doing our free agency. <laughs> Our free agency reaction show or uh, whatever that was but it was just like okay this is like you gotta have them get right and maybe it pans out it's it's the ultimate like boomer bust kind of kind of addition but again this is just an older team and it's i don't know like i understand where you guys are coming from with like they have proven to be you know blitzing teams all throughout the regular season i i just don't think one i don't think that's their approach anymore and two i don't necessarily think that is the best thing for where their roster is i i think it might be closer to their approach this season i they're never gonna go all out like they did in the 60 win season where honestly no problems with that it was the right thing to do at that time because that was the moment where this books team realized oh we can be the best team in the world we can be the most dominant team in this league i don't think you win a championship without some of the confidence that was built up there even if it didn't work out at that point and it took some time beyond that i think you've got to when you think about this you got to think about who leads the team and who dictates what the books are going to be and it's Janos. and they came back from winning a championship they had not their most convincing regular season we can absolutely and kind of justifiably point to the injuries that's a, a big part broke in particular of why that happens but to go from that and then go in and they get knocked off in the second round of the playoffs again we can point to injuries I just think all of that combined though for someone like Giannis is going to light a fire I think we're going to see a Sounds ridiculous to say, I think we're going to see a big Yana season because every Yana season is a big Yana season. But I, I do think 
the way he kind of imposes himself on games and just drags the books along with him could be up another level this year. I think they might have a little bit more motivation than coming off a championship and the shortest off season ever. Like I do think this regular season could be different and they may just view it as, Oh, there's all these ascendant powers in the East. You know, the Celtics got one over on us last year. Well, let's go back out there and remind everyone whose conference this is. And I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see, I'd be shocked to see anything from the Pacers, uh, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to see the books kind of put their foot down. And then to go to the injury, I'm only concerned about it in the short term because it's not an area of strength for the books. And we know how important Pat is, but it's a very different place scar tissue and all that we have of any book's injury, which I guess is part of what makes Rohan immediately feel like, it's a little concerning this, someone's injured, they're they've, telling us someone's injured, but what are they telling better. us? They've been they better. They've been better about better. it since I, I wonder, have, did something get through from somewhere that mm-hmm. maybe we should, maybe we should be a bit more transparent? I wonder even, did Adam Silver have some words? Because, you know, that stuff is very important for betting. You can't just not have any of that information available. Some sort of doesn't have to be nailed down, but some sort of vague update is important. I I think this is different. This is not an aging big with a back injury that requires surgery. At least it's not something that requires surgery right now. And likewise with Chris, it feels like from everything that anyone has said, whether it's like things you hear Zach Lowe say here or there. I get the feeling Chris is really, really close and they're just not going to do anything silly here. They want to I mean, really take their time and pace him because there is nothing to gain by being like, oh yeah, he could go opening night or he could go within the first week of the season and then he has a recurrence and you're in a really bad spot. So I don't really have an issue with either of that. There could be some of that with Pat too. It's like, oh, he's got an injury coming into the season. Well, let's make sure we clear it up completely and we don't have him starting the season playing on an injury that he's going to have to carry all the way through to potentially June. It always, I always think when we have these conversations about like PJ Tucker playing for a garbage Rockets team and he gets to Milwaukee and they're immediately like, yeah, you're not going to play for like three weeks, dude. Like you're hurt. Like I just think the Bucks have a different, a much less tolerance for these sorts of injuries than a lot of other teams, at least some other teams, at least the Rockets, right? That we can, we can say beyond a doubt. I also think the idea that they they don't, you know, they're not going to blitz teams kind of just comes from how limited they've been personnel-wise. I don't have the season number because NBA stats is like kind of horrific now and they keep making it worse for some reason. I don't know what they keep doing. I don't, to it, I don't it know. It gets worse uh, every time. Uh, is it worse this season? I haven't looked at it yet this it's, season. Yeah, it's not, it's not been great. But so this is from March 30th after 40, I can't do math, 43 games with Chris, Giannis, and Drew all playing. So at that time they were 33 and 9, which is a 64 win pace. They were plus they had a plus 10.4 net rating which would have been first, 117.9 offensive rating which would have been first, 107.5 defensive rating which would have been fourth. So in about half a year's worth of games, when they had those three guys, they did still blitz teams even if they're not playing a ton or going balls to the wall necessarily. I just think it's they're just really good and we just it's been it's unfortunate because we just haven't seen it, right? Like we saw that was kind of fits and starts, especially with Chris and Drew dealing with some stuff earlier in the season. And then obviously Chris in the playoffs, but it's just, I, I think it's going to be 
I think I'm even going to take more joy in when those three are playing together than before, just because as we all know, and I don't know if we have to get into that on this particular podcast, but we are reaching and soon in the next couple of years, an inflection point with this core as the big three, they're going to have to figure something out post Chris and Drew, at least as the second and third guy. So this is a year I think I'm really going to enjoy those three. And I do think they're just going to absolutely clobber teams. And I can't wait. Can I add to that? Yeah. Not surprising me, but Brooke. Like, oh, no, yeah. Again, we're, nine we're, games. A lot, we're a lot closer to the inflection point there. And the books are no closer to working out how any of that will look when he's gone. And the reality is they're not in a position where they'll ever be able to do it. Probably until he's gone. I'd be like, yeah, better find out what we're going to do at center. And maybe that leads to reinvention. But I, I don't want to downplay it. Maybe it is that Chris is out. I do feel like injuries are going to come across the course of the season. If they can keep Drew healthy, if they can keep Giannis healthy, and they keep Brooke healthy, I think this team can roll with a lot of punches. And I, I do. Obviously, Giannis goes out saying, but I, I think Drew and Brooke in particular, they feel like the areas we're in an unfortunate spot right now where wing depth is absolutely eviscerated all at once. But I do think generally they're they're going to survive a Chris injury a little bit easier in part because they've had some more practice to do it um, over the years. But then they would with Drew or then we've even seen with Brooke. So I think if we could get Drew and Giannis and Brooke healthy all season, if Bobby can be healthy, like and then hopefully Chris comes back and it's not something there again. That's that's all kind of really good signs. But. It will be interesting to see, one, the evolution of their defense, which I'm sure we'll get to and we'll touch on some of the changes, but two, also just what's still there, what's there of the core defense and how they can lock in, and more than anyone, the Bucks defense is those three guys. So that's that's another element, and hopefully we'll see you know, the big tree plus Brooke um, on the court a lot together, and we'll get to enjoy a lot of that and have one more really great playoff run, at least with that group. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So I think there's a bunch of ways we could go right now. Rohan, you were perking up. What's on your mind? Because now we're into preview mode, right? Let's talk about the 22, 23 bucks. So I think it's I think it's probably makes sense to talk about the wing depth because initially, I know we've had a lot of conversations since then. But when I said it's concerning about Pat Constant injury, I was mostly talking about the wing depth <laughs> for the, the first couple weeks of the season. But everything else still stands true. Um, so obviously Joe Ingles out, Chris Middleton out. Now Pat Constant out. Who's starting for this team? Can we decide that? Can we talk about that? Who's starting? Opening that starter. We're going, we're going jumbo. We're going jumbo. So obviously we have Drew, we have Giannis, we have Brooke. So Drew, Drew, Grayson, Giannis, Bobby, Brooke, I think will be opening that starters. No Wes? Wes only resumed. He resumed five and five today. So he is, he is full go, but I will be surprised if he starts having just come back. I think they might to give him Harden, which is welcome back. But I think Drew on Maxi, Wes on Harden, Giannis on PJ roaming if they start him, which I assume they I guess I don't know exactly. Is it gonna be PJ and Tobias at the three four and then Yeah, probably I assume so. Gotta be, right? Yeah. So then yeah, Philly's starting lineup does pose some difficulties. Whether it's Bobby, I guess honestly maybe he split the difference. Oh, yeah, you kinda have to start Grayson, right? There's just nowhere you really feel good about stashing him against the Sixers. Maybe you have to put Giannis on Tobias then. And uh, can you put Grayson on PJ Tucker? Yeah. I guess. I mean, you're going to lose some offensive boards that way. I don't know if we're going to see PJ. I don't know if you guys saw his quotes yesterday saying his knee's not there yet. Oh. Surgery. So. Mm. Well, that like, could if it's like he, Matisse Tybal. He certainly or, said he's he's not a hundred percent. So if we do see PJ, well then, put the Sixers in with the Rockets in terms of how they treat PJ. Uh, it's literally the they literally took the org from Houston and moved it to Philly. So I think that's <laughs> fair to do. Yeah, it's a fair, <laughs> fair <true>. uh, <laughs> statement. And but I, said, I do think I think to the, quote him to quote yeah. PJ said just every week try to get better, get stronger. It's not one hundred percent yet, but it's a working progression to get there. Uh, the training staff has been helping me a lot. Like those, a notorious Sixers trading staff. Um, best wishes to PJ Tucker. But yeah, I think here's a question outside of just opening night. Do we think, especially in this early part with Chris out and you know maybe Wes getting back a little bit and Pat out, do they go more matchup based with the starters than maybe we're used to, or are they just going to pick a five? and roll with it until guys are back healthy. Because I do think – I mean, I, I think Grayson and Wes make sense for a lot of teams, but there are some teams where I would probably say, oh, Bobby out there for the, the offense and really just going huge. I kind of like that look as well. I, I don't know which way I'm leaning on that yet. 
I think it's going to, it's, I don't think they're going to go matchup dependent this early. I think they're just going to go with a five and then stick with that. Like, I, I don't mind occasionally. Like, there might be some games where it's just so obvious that you have to go smaller. For example, if they do decide that their five of Chris out is trending on the big side, well, yeah, maybe there are some games where you just can't do that. Start but, surge. Oh, yeah. Uh, but generally, like my my take on that is like particularly where the books are, like be the alpha, like pick your five and go and dictate the terms with your best lineup. So, what do you feel is the best lineup? Well, no problem if they feel like that changes on occasions, but I would like to see them settle on something. Because even when Chris is back, I mean, Chris is not a Pat situation either, where Pat kind of had full preseason and then. It's the tail end of it we're dealing with the injury. It's a while since Chris has played now. I know he's been able to do some work, but that is still very different from the level of intensity he's going to be dropped into. So that's something, too, that maybe maybe you want to just have a little bit extra comfort because you might be going with that five even for a little while as Chris works his way back, at least for heavier minutes. I also think, too, like, this is the time that if you have, if you see anything, if you want to build up confidence for guys like Jordan War, I know this is year three, so it's not necessarily like, you know, uh, a diamond in the rough or anything like that. But like Marjan, this is when he's probably going to see the most of his minutes this season. Yeah. I um, wanted to get into this, this young wing combo. I'm glad you're bringing this And here. the other thing, too, here's a stat. I was doing this mid-pod. 88% of the Bucks' minutes from last year returned this year. But we're talking – but you're already – like, you're, again, the what looked to be, like, their most well-stocked part of the roster is already down three, four guys, right? With Between Chris, Pat, Ingles, Wes has his – you know, it's – looking up but still he's bothered by something i think this is just where like if you're going to ease into it and still you obviously want to not just get into a hole very early like they did last year and then it's kind of like playing catch-up mode the whole year but i think this is again this is where if you see anything from those the types of players like marjan uh jordan wara jordan javon carter obviously like it wasn't he didn't play all that many minutes, but it was still like, oh, this guy, there is something there with him. Um, after they picked him up when he got weighed by the by the Nets. Like, this is a different way to to kind of, I don't know, build your rotation, build your lineup in, in the way that you can experiment that is still pretty new to the Bucks rather than just, you know, how it was before. But I don't know. I I that's where I think it's gonna be. I probably lean towards where Adam was talking about with Bud is that he he's going to see the longer picture rather than like, okay, let's go into this game matchup dependent and see, you know, we're playing the Sixers opening night or we're playing Brooklyn a week into the year or into the season, stuff like that. But like, I don't know. He always holds his cards uh, close to the vest. So it's, I don't see him revealing too soon or too all of them too soon. That's a great call. I want to dive into just the young wing stuff totally because I do think it's – especially in the first third-ish of the season, it's going to be a major storyline and it's one that really could have repercussions down the line too much farther than this. But just to the starters, after thinking about it some more, probably overthinking. It's probably Drew, Grayson, 
Bobby Giannis, whatever order, and Brooke Lopez. I mean, those were the guys last year who I got think, tabbed to start West. the most. I think it's West. I that's I'm just not sure. I I think West. I, I think they go back to Grayson. To, I think they I mean, need. Yeah, I think skill set wise. I think skills. Oh, you're saying instead of Bobby Rohan? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Mm. The only reason I don't think so on that is because I think you're so thin on wing depth that you almost can't play both of those guys together. You need to spare someone. Unless you, your minutes you are going to be managed much more diligently than I think Bud is going to be interested in doing like to start a season. I don't know. It just gets it gets tough. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the Jumbo Bucks. Don't get me wrong. I want them to go Jumbo. Just be weird at all times. I like it. This isn't Jumbo but, enough, really. Chris is the two is true Jumbo stuff. That is true. <laughs> uh, but if you... If you if you look back to what they've been doing with these jumbo lineups recently, they don't use it a ton. I don't. I feel like it's been something Bud's been a little averse to. So I would. I, I did would wonder. Lean against I mean, does does having Surge change that? Because it was like they're only two bigs for a lot. I mean, seriously, they they look at Surge as a playable backup big. When they played all the bigs before, they didn't have anyone. I mean, they had Surge. That's fair, but you're also there. playing like Giannis at three. Yeah. Yeah, Sur- really. Surge is uh, Surge is in a category Surge that is a few hilarious. books are in for me. He, he is hilarious. Great guy. Grammy uh, award winning Serge Ibaka. Did you guys see Giannis? Giannis is going on. How hungry are I you? Saw, How hungry are you? I'm so I'm, excited. I'm yeah. excited for Ooh. that. Yeah. Uh, am I excited to watch Serge play basketball this season? Not really. I need yeah. to see that he can do it. I don't think he can. Um, I like he looked he looked washed. It could well be a case that he's healthy. But again, we're dealing with guys that are very much the final stretch of their career. Like he is, he is just in the exact same spot as George Hill, but just with a lot less spotlight on it. Because when the books are healthy, there's more of a cushion there than there is with guard depth. But I think they're in a very similar spot where it's like they start the season really bad. You're like, yeah, they're just they're done. Like, and that's very very possible. But I, I don't know if Surge is there. And to to your point, Ron, like I don't think it. None of this is ideal. I don't think it's like Bud will be like, yeah, let's. I love Jumbo Books. Let's go Jumbo Books. I think it's more like. This is what makes sense to me. Like I think I think he's felt more comfortable playing like guy like sizing up Javon and George Hill though, which sort of alleviates that concern I, a little. I kind of think George is going to be a two three this season more than a one. Yeah, I think George is going to be more of a wing, especially early. Especially that's how they played him in preseason. That's for sure. That was one of the our biggest takeaways from preseason was they played Javon at the one with the backup unit, and George was almost entirely off ball, which I think is a much better use of both players with the way they that both was, played. That was when he was at his best, arguably. That's yeah. when he really popped in that Celtics slash playoff run. He was playing with, obviously, Giannis and Chris and um, occasionally Eric Bledsoe. But yeah. he is not – he's never been the kind of de facto point guard or, you know, true point guard. He has to have – it's just another – it's – uh, what is it? Dribble, pass, shoot. Everybody dribble, pass, shoot, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, the only jumbo bucks lineup that I will recognize it has to include Samuel. That's where it would be. He would be like point, point, Mamu. So let's point. 
I'm forward slash too, center right? slash wing. <laughs> so let's let's talk about because I think when we talk about the young wings, and I think this is I think the most interesting part of the early season bucks is one, how do they get through all the wing injuries? And even just assuming less plays, but like I think even healthy, like 24 minutes most nights, right? Like he's not gonna be out there logging 35 minutes a game. We know Bud, we know the Bucks. Wes may want to, based on the fervor of his IG workouts. I don't think the Bucks are going to let him do that. So there's going to be there's going to be a ton of role early for Jordan Wara, Marjan Bochamp, and I put Sandman in that group of like bench wings. And I think you know his position has been such a discussion because college like more of a four or five, NBA I just don't see five. I I I think like you know it's just not. I think four and then like can you figure out how to make him a three four? in some lineups is going to have to be the convo with him. And I don't know. I think it's going to be like some matchups. I think he's going to struggle. I think some, maybe it's okay. Like if you can hide him on a PJ Tucker, doesn't really matter what position you call him, but you, you don't see one of Lowry those. Can Lowry marketed? Yeah. Yeah. I guess Lowry did play a lot of three last season. Cavs are going to miss him uh, in that sense. But I think Mamu may give you the best overall offensive skill set of any of those three players. And I hope he does get a shot. I think Bochamp has the highest upside because if he's hitting threes and defending the way we've seen him defend, that's just an NBA wing. And that's amazing if, if that's that. Preseason offense was very much a mixed bag. Bora, I just... You, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You think... I think where I would say how I would categorize that is Marjan has like the highest utility upside. In that sense of oh, like a true, yeah, because like if I mean I know we're talking about. Are you drinking more uh, Kool Aid here? No, no, no. I, oh, no, I was. No, he's talking about the okay. Mama is if, gonna like revolution. If we're talking about basketball. a six eleven guy who can play a three credibly, who I don't think shoot. he can, Jordan. No, yeah, I don't think he, he can either. He but can play no position, which means basketball is gonna have to evolve, like <laughs> to meet. Mamu, this is I, how I mean, exactly. the thing with Mamu. This to clarify is the gamble point, that they've made before. <laughs> I before I head back to you, Jordan. I I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, Al Farouk Aminu or whatever defensively. I think offensively, <laughs> his skill set is fine. I love that pull. That is such what a pull. Is that? What <laughs> so a good a good wing defender. What? He's a good wing defender. I guess I Pat Connaughton never... is much closer there. But whatever. I don't think him and Mamu will ever be in the same sentence again. This is why people That's tune in. That's an amazing call. This is why people tune in. <laughs> but I don't think he'll ever be Al Farouk Aminu defensively. My my thing with Mamu is call him whatever position you want on offense. Like he can, as you said earlier, Jordan, pass, dribble, shoot. Like he does so much stuff well that I think he fits fine just orbiting around Giannis as everyone on the Bucks has to do. I have no concern. I think he fits in okay. It's all about defense. Like who can he guard? If he's out there with Giannis and Brooke, like – is Giannis then the three, or is it, it's probably just you know whoever's slower, right? I don't know. It's very weird, but I do like his offensive skill set right now. I just think is more consistently good. Wara's touch and shooting is incredible. There's just like the pieces are not put together. Like Bud is not placing the last piece there yet. I think there's a lot of pieces left. If I Bud does do that, Bud. if well, if Bud can do that, that coach of the year should be locked up. But they won't give it to him for that. Well, yeah, that's that's my my mamu thing. I I don't see him as Al Farouk Aminu. All this to say, I, I think I think mamu. This is a thought. This is a little off topic, right? 
I've had this thought for a while now. I think the Adam Sandler movie Hustle would have been much, much better if it was actually centered around Mamu. Because he then I believe the hype. Of course. You know, Sandler goes to Georgia, he finds a guy who plays like this. Everyone'd be like, what the hell? I mean, and then he'd change the game. I'd get it. It'd be more plausible. In Sandler's defense, Wancho did just win Eurobasket. Sure. So uh, he did. He picked a good player, I think, given the choices he probably had. But that would have been. I'll I'll just. He should just remake that movie with like every random, like international player who's big. He definitely shouldn't. I'd watch it every time. See all those guys act. The Boban. Um, Boban. Oh, watch Boban. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm I'm there for Boba. I still have not seen this movie. But Bielitsa? You haven't seen Hustle? I, I'm a busy Things man. are bad when Rohan is like, you haven't I seen know, movie I X? Know. I, oh Even God. I've seen Hustle. I think I should just leave this podcast. I've just <laughs> been <laughs> At least you're not Ty who hasn't seen the Batman. Never okay. will. Let's oh. move on. Let's move on. What <laughs> What? What? Young Wings? I, Somebody uh, talk about Young Wings. Jor- Jordan Moore. This is Jordan Moore's spot start the season. I hate to disappoint everyone i hate to give the boring answer um it's his spot it should be his spot not based on ability but based on for whatever reason that's personally you know it's confounding to me they decided that they wanted needed to bring jordan mora back and now almost as if the seas have parted to just create this opportunity for jordan war to play here we are so it's like oh you saw this guy as valuable enough to return for some reason he like Marjan, whatever Marjan will become, you can't expect anything of him right now. Like, if he plays, realistically, it's going to be ugly, and that's okay. That's part of kind of feeling your way into life in the NBA, learning how it goes. And if he's a really good player, even in year two, that will come in part likely from some struggles in year one. But I think this is Jordan Moore a time. And what's crucial with that, and you talk about, you know, if Bud can unlock that, Jordan Moore has all the offensive skills he needs. And he's all the offensive skills the books need right now with Chris Middleton down. The problem is he has shown no ability to maintain focus defensively. And on the offensive end, the basketball IQ hasn't matched up with the team he's playing for and the situation they're in and the guys around them. And if either of those things have figured out for him, and honestly, he probably just needs to figure out the offensive side of it and just never be a good defender. But like everyone will live with that because he's going to go and get you 16, 17, 18 points pretty comfortably. And everyone's like, cool. Like, let's just let him go book, get buckets and we'll cover the rest of it. That's, that's a player that I understand why they have him and they'd have him really for a situation exactly like this one. But we have not seen him with the books show that ability show the self-awareness that you put him out there and it doesn't just become Jordan Moore a time in the worst possible way. So I think he is going to get the opportunity. I don't know if that's going to be really boring to people, excite people. You don't bring him back though and be like, Oh, all of the minutes are available in the wing at the moment. And we're playing Marjan and Mamu <laughs> over you. Like it's, it's gotta be Jordan Moore who's getting the minutes. And we're going to learn a whole lot. Or maybe we'll learn absolutely nothing more than we already knew. And we'll be left kind of being like, why did the books do that? Why didn't they explore other options? But I do think that's where I'm at on it. I love the idea of Sandman just being unleashed, becoming a true force. I've loved them since the day they drafted him. 
mostly because he's weird and it just seems like there's no like plausible way that he'll ever work out in the NBA because he is just he's Don't too pure for that. this world. Stop. He's too pure for this world, Jordan. No. He's bigger, he better will. things await him. Um but I think I think we're we're looking at some very significant and meaningful Jordan War minutes, and it'll then be a question of okay, third year in the league. Have you matured? Have you learned anything? Have you got smarter? Have you got better feel for the game? And if the answer to all those questions is no, well then <laughs> those other two guys are gonna have to get some opportunities pretty quickly. And the books are gonna be in a very tough spot until Chris and Pat are back. I'm obviously very pro Bochamp. Uh, I'd like to see him get some minutes, like you mentioned, to Adam and Ty. It's going to be ugly Pro to champ. start. I like it. It's better than Large Marge, whatever the heck that is. <laughs> large Marge. Uh, How dare you? His official it's so name. bad. It's so bad. Uh, but it's just, I, I, I want to see him get some minutes. I mean, it's probably not the most ideal time, but it, this is probably the best opportunity. Uh, just, you, you got to dip your toe in. You got to get some minutes under his belt. Then he can continue working on stuff, whether that's uh, in garbage time or whatever. If he manages to carve out some few minutes or is with the herd, who knows what it's going to be like. But I just I want to see him get an opportunity, get some minutes. And he will He'll have a chance at the beginning of the season. Not everyone's going to be playing like 30 minutes ahead ahead of him. Like there's going to be some opportunities. It's just what's his spot going to be in the rotation? Let's let's. Let's predict the wing rotation a little bit here as we... Um, Can I just say one thing? You're going to like course. this because it's on, it's on Marjan before we move on. The one thing I am very interested and curious about with him, he seems to in particular have been doing a lot of work with Damari Carroll this offseason. And I think the Junkyard Dog profile fits perfectly as to what the books may view him as. I'm really what Bud helped to turn Damari into. That's just something I'll be keeping an eye on. If that's kind of even maybe part of the you know the thought process that went into adding Damari to the staff is okay we have a wing who's definitely got good defensive tools very raw offensive he doesn't really have the shot there like that kind of describes first second year Damari Carl in the NBA and then he unlocked and he became a player who made a lot of money and was really good on good teams for a long time so I think that relationship and whether that becomes a kind of true uh, mentor and student relationship i'm like from everything we know about marjan's character it seems like he'll soak all of that up that will be interesting to see maybe there's something there maybe something gets unlocked a little bit sooner because the books have the exact right person in his ear yeah it's, think- ty and i've talked about sorry jordan ty and i've talked about it a little bit before about how there's just the perfect cast of wings for marjan or cast of players for Marjan to learn from like it may seem apocryphal to say like oh that's the reason why they did it but it's it's hard to deny that it might be a result no I, I was gonna say I, I don't think that's um something that should be I, I agree with Adam and it shouldn't be uh undermined or I don't know overlooked be overlooked, overlooked. Yeah. there we go thank you I don't know the English language, but like <laughs> there was the specific things that we saw when Darwin was there and how much credit went to him about developing the bigs. I mean, that was a big thing with when Brooke got there and obviously the whole staff in general, but like carried on to Bobby, even with, I mean, Rolo wasn't like a standout performer, but like the fact that it was, okay, we're going to have you shoot threes. That's not part of your arsenal. We're going to have you stay in the corners and 
kind of, you know, relearn your or rework your game a little bit. And yeah, there's mixed results, <laughs> but it was still that was part of why they got him that they weren't just going to make him, you know, a hook shot extraordinaire. Um, even John Henson, I mean, like there is there was a through line in everything that they did with their bigs and who they kind of prioritize a free agency, whether it was someone as big as Brooke to their in their plans or someone like Rolo or even Surge when they made the trade for him and brought him back. Like I I do think now that Darwin is gone, the staff has changed. Charles Lee Charles Lee's gonna have a bigger voice. Patrick St. Andrews, presumably the same thing with him. Bringing in Damari Carroll, a guy that played under Bud and knows exactly what he wants. And just where this team is and making, you know, again, this is their first first round pick in a few years, almost five years. Um, that's not insignificant to me. And yet, does, is it going to pay off? Is Marjan going to play more than 500 minutes in the NBA this year? It's kind of I like I even when I know Dante's uh rookie season was limited by injury throughout <laughs> pretty much all of it, like I still think they're gonna be they're gonna have the trading wheels on him and they don't want to give him so much too soon because he's only he's he went so long without playing like organized basketball or I guess uh Basketball that counted. Organized high level basketball. High, yes, that. exactly. Yes. And he has such a unique development uh trajectory that it is very you don't want to kind of like, okay, we're gonna go all the way the other way. And it's it's so built on trying to build up his confidence and all that stuff. I would love to see Marjan play so many games this year, whether it's with the Bucks, whether it's with the herd, whether he's you know, basically a point guard and just Getting just, I want to see him do so many different things, but I, I don't know. I, I think, I think they have a. I am very optimistic on what they, what they see of him, and what, how they have their staff around him to really make him a, a, a good contributor over the long run. Yeah, and on the Damari front, just that Jordan Moore and Grayson Allen too. Like Grayson mm-hmm. Allen is not a rookie or anything close to that. But when you look at what they've invested in him and still looking at their roster and mapping it forward, what they would like to get out of him and make him into, Damari Carroll is a guy who makes a lot of sense to come in and help him round out some of those holes in his game. Um, likewise, maybe in a more pronounced way for Jordan Moore, like maybe that's part of their, their thinking and bringing him back even as they feel like, okay, if we can just get the right kind of coaching, the right guidance, we can find someone to get through to him there is a player there like if that factors into it i feel it's something we've seen and honestly it's something that bud has done and predates that and honestly it's a spurs thing of where there's key areas on your roster where it's like okay this is obviously our development focus right now we've got a hub of players we're looking to kind of bring to the fore solidify their role and we're going to have someone really specialize in to work there there have been those figures on Bud's staff all throughout. I'm struggling to think of someone really notable who was working with wings, though. And um, whether it's in Atlanta or whether it's been in Milwaukee, it always feels like guards and bigs. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, a notable, uh, an all-star wing, even was he an yeah. all-star? Mm, yeah, no, he was. I think he was, he was the one. No, no, he was. He was the, he was the yeah. one. He was the one snub. He was the one snub. Um, 
but he was a player of the month. Um, that I they bring so him in cringe, at a point. By the way, that's listen. Just... You weren't there, man. You weren't there. <laughs> it was just like, like <laughs> thinking understand. back. Like, can you can you imagine? Yeah, them doing I, something I can like imagine. That I was there. I was a Hawks fan. No, I. I was... <laughs> let's not. I understand that. Let's both. not, because we're gonna get into the Brandon Knight Kyle Korver <laughs> thing. Adam and I are gonna. No, have we're a not. Fist fight. No, I have no interest. In that. That's not a conversation. Let's let's trap like, into the, that. Like the entire Kings, not King Kings is a bad example. Like the entire. Actually, you know what? I would no. If there's a team that would be able to do it, it's the Kings. Like if they, the entire Kings starting lineup is the player. If they the are like 30, 14 <laughs> at the All Star break, they're gonna have Kevin Herter on three All Star selections. It's gonna be crazy. Vivek is gonna get an All Star No, the the trash robot outside is gonna get an All Star nom. I have a Jordan Wara stat <laughs> that I feel like sums up. <laughs> Do you guys remember Nightbot? Oh, it, was, it wasn't yes. a trash bot. It was a, it was a guard. Yeah, yeah, it was the yes. guards. Yeah. yeah, they had a robot. So it looked ridiculous. Um, yeah, Jordan Warris that. So he has shot 37% from three over two NBA seasons, much better in half the games and like a third of the minutes in year one than year two. But this is a trend that's held in both seasons, individually and overall. 37% overall. 33.7% on catch-and-shoot threes. And it just reinforces the narrative. I mean, true narrative. He just doesn't fit into an offense. Like, it's – he shoots ridiculous. I mean, that's – considering it's three and a half points lower, that means the unassisted number has to be considered like 40-plus percent from three. He's much better off the dribble. And that's just not the shot you need if you're the Bucks. You don't need Jordan Ward dribbling into stuff. You need him moving around, orbiting – Get into the dunker spot, shooting corner threes, and that just has not been there consistently for him. Do you have the distribution numbers there? What like percentage the of his of his trees are actually catch um, and shoot? So that'd like, be a lot that it's bringing that number down. Two hundred two total were catch and shoot, and he has taken two hundred and eighty nine threes. So most of them. Oh, that's, that's actually surprising. Seventy percent. Yeah, I can say that's nearly more than two thirds, by Nearly more, more than two thirds. <laughs> also, Nightman looks ridiculous. I just yeah. looked it up. Very ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I love. I'm sorry. Um, I just love that we have gone like, what is Jordan Wara? And we this. I know we say make this joke every time. I know. Like, I was thinking. Giannis this. Yeah. exists on this team. I think that's part of why. I admit, since backing away from blogging, I've. Become more of a bigger picture, uh, Bucks fan than like they cut uh <laughs> name two way player after five days, you know that kind of thing, and it's like yeah, because it's, it's Giannis is on this team. What are you doing with yourself? It, Giannis is on this team. And hey, I if you're talking about me being upset about Lindell getting cut, I will fight you. We're all upset. I know. About I'm not. I'm not. Cut. I'm not judging. Not judging. <laughs> I'm just saying they well, they've also done that a lot in their history too. You can name like five different two way players of like they just what? they actually they just ripped the bandaid off there because if they hadn't cut Lindell now they'd get rid of him. They would have done him, and then you'd, yeah. you'd be like, oh god, why is he gone now? What's going on? So yeah. they may have done you a favor. Trayvon Duvall is two years away from being two years away. I think we should well, dive excited into about him. Trayvon Duvall. No, let's we should talk about Giannis. So we, I think we could do fifteen on Trayvon Duvall if you want. And one time he uh, he said he wanted to ask me the questions at a herd media event, and he didn't really have anything for me. 
Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Was, it's yeah. it's easy to say it. And you're that like, was also the I'm gonna worst ask her this team. Guy. The that worst was, her team. Yeah. The the yeah, end of the Jordan Brady era. Storied storied all time leader and her head coach wins until Chase Buford, also the only one. But it's all right. I got the joke though. Yeah, yeah. Giannis. So I think we do this because he is so consistently great. But mm-hmm. the conversation a lot of people like to like to have, I think it's a good one, is what's going to be the improvement this year? Because every year something is better. And at a certain point, I mean, there's only so many things you can add. And there's been a fascination with his three-point shot for so long. I just still don't think it's that. I, I think it's more mid-range and... I know we're not allowed to talk about it. Between Eurobasket and the preseason, free throws, the free throw, yep, free throws have gone in at a pretty good clip, which is just like the most boring improvement, but maybe the most meaningful that he could possibly make. I mean, it was mostly like we've seen him make that. It's gone past the point of being something that I'm really stressed about, which is good to begin with and it's not shocking when he has a spell where you're like oh he's making free throws so i'm kind of resigned that there will be ups and downs but i do think the past two years you've obviously seen a trend in the right way particularly at very important times i don't need to say any more on that but yeah that is that is the key to it the reason we're not talking about him let's be honest it's because like what are we going to talk about is points of improvements it's like there's not a whole lot of ways it's beyond like, oh, is he going to shoot eighty percent from the free throw line? Uh, is he going to make like? And also, I just can't do the. What if you have to start making trees? I feel like that's been something I've had to do. Watch about out. a million times <laughs> in my life, and had to it's hear over. people talk about. It's over. Be starting no I think the the reality with Giannis too is he's so special that he surprises us when he improves. It's often something you don't see coming. It could just be a move that he's completely mastered that out of nowhere, you're like, oh, okay, that's something he does now. And he'll do it over and over and over again. You're like, oh, he's he doesn't just do it. He's He's got that down entirely. It's automatic for him. So I have no doubt he will be back better than ever. But it's kind of like, over to you, Giannis. Show us how you're better than ever. And he'll, he'll do it. Like, part of that is, I, I don't know if that's taking him for granted in the way we usually do. That's just the standard he set for himself. And again, that's maybe the equivalent of mapping on what we said about kind of national media coverage with the books, where it's like, yeah, everyone says, oh, yeah, the books probably win a championship. Uh, but let's talk about all these other teams. It's because that's what you can bank on. That's what you expect to be there. And that's what you don't have to go into the ins and outs of. But what if this happens? What if that? Giannis is going to be great. Like, let's, Giannis is healthy. Giannis is great. It's as simple as that at this point. And I don't know, maybe we should embrace that we don't have to talk about them that much because there are lots of teams that like they have legit number one stars, but they have to talk about them for one reason or another. Um, whether it's, you know, where they're allowed to travel to or play in times of recent years, or it's their attitude, or it's, you know, contract situation, trade. Are they, they going to request a trade? Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever it might be. We just don't have to do any of it. So that's why we forget them. I think that's. In a lot of ways, it's just another reason to celebrate Giannis is the fact that we don't have to talk about him all the time, particularly until games start happening. And then games happen, he does incredible things, and that's when he kind of grabs center stage. 
I mean, I I understand. I understand this logic. Well, we got, well, let me hear. I'm, I'm no, open. No, 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 Where's he at? We got to talk about... I, yeah, again, sure. What have we got? I've, like, I've kind of got... I've gotten... Like, yeah, the guy's great. That's, like, that's kind of where I I'm just at. Think I I think... I don't think... Yeah, I think I we have very much established the Bucks are the anti-ESPN popular NBA team or whatever you want to call ESPN. it. ESPN. GSPN. GSPN, yeah, well, they're right. not anti-GSPN. Real quick, they literally have just – they did what they wanted to do. They're the new Spurs. Like I, I remember this yeah. is like yes. every year before – yeah, Tim Duncan and the Spurs are great. They're going to roll off a bunch of wins. Let's talk about Kobe. Like that's – that's they've done it. They did it. Mission accomplished. And I very much enjoy it because it's not – you don't – I nothing – It's your really, personality too, Jordan. Yes, exactly. Nothing really good comes from having your team be talked about on the uh, whatever, what is it called? NBA Today NBA now? Today. Um, I like NBA Today, actually. Oh, it's, it's fine. It's a fine program uh, over there in Bristol. But I'm just saying. It's way better than the jump. If, you're, if, your team, yeah, if your team is being talked about a lot, it doesn't usually mean it's going to be good things, necessarily. So the, the Bucks have found a way, despite having what people regard as the best player in the league <laughs> not be talked about in a way. And as Adam mentioned, um, a lot of people predicting that the Bucks will win an NBA title, which is the reason why things exist in the NBA. No, and I why think people it's, play. I thought it was retweets. Oh. I thought we did it for retweets. Is that, that yeah, not? that is that is uh I've in clout. Yeah. Clout I've heard is a ton is just speaking for himself here. To, and yeah. to demonstrate bag size, sack yeah. dimensions. Whoa, whoa! It's just a, it's just a synonym. Yes, I just think it's we are we are approaching. This is year ten for Giannis. That's crazy, and and it is crazy, and it's Adam is perfectly everything that Adam said about Giannis and the fact that we don't have to mention be, him or talk about him like incessantly. Because he has nearly mastered everything that he could do. And the fact that he's already been so good for so long. We're talking about, I mean, it's already been five years ago since he won most improved player. And it's, that seems like eons ago. Um, and it very well is because things have changed a lot since then. Um, it's just, it's just a very unique position that we are in. And, Again, to see someone that is the best player in the league, one of the best players in the league, I'll go definitively and say the best player in the league. And I'll take Tresky still out of here. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a very unique position. We're saying that the we're same in. thing, Jordan. We're saying the same thing. I know. It's just a different shade of just like. 50 shades of Giannis. Fifty Shades of Giannis, yeah. More movies like, I, I would watch. Co- come true. next Thursday or Friday, we're talking about Giannis. Like, oh, absolutely. Tie and a tie, and I forget sometimes too. I know. I've been there. I, I, but maybe this season collectively as a goal, we can make that the focus. But like, that is when he comes to the fore. Like, I, I do think it's natural in this kind of conversation we're having, like. Yes, the book season hinges on Yanis more than anything else we're talking about. 
but it hinges on him because he is so good at everything because he's been the picture consistency because he's the player they can rely on in countless ways. So you kind of have to take what we've seen, as Jordan says, year 10, and be like, okay, we know who Giannis is. If they're to get here, it's about a lot of the guys. Like, we haven't, we haven't really talked in detail about Drew or Brooke either. Because, again, it's or not... Bobby. A, or Bobby, even. It's not about those guys. It's about the question marks, particularly to start this season, just the way circumstances thrown some challenges the book's way. So I think that's natural. Like... In terms of, I think the books go go at this thing harder this year. I think Giannis does too. Does that mean he's going to win an MVP again? Does it mean that he's going to go and get a scoring title, which is something he's been getting closer to without even trying? Pretty like, damn close last year. Yeah, it it's, second, it's just believe, it's not right? something he has yeah. to be mindful of, and he's right there. So maybe this is the year where that's just going to happen for him. Um. And honestly, like that's kind of that's the last thing missing on his resume at this point, too, awards wise. Like, I don't know, maybe there's some of the questions. Um, is the time where he just like what what does a Giannis MVP season look like at this point when everyone has already decided he's the best player in the league, where he's been brilliant the last two seasons and he still hasn't been MVP or really close to it in terms of how voting is played out. So what does it look like for Giannis to get back there? Is it possible? Like, maybe there's some of the questions, but again, there are questions about, like, this guy is unbelievably good. So, you know, what awards is he going to win this year? Or what what statistical achievements can he go and get? Like, he could actually, that's, that's this might help his MVP narrative. He is 0.1 per game away in two different stats from a really cool stat line he's never done before. Plus, you could throw in the scoring title if that happens as well. He's never scored 30 points. He's never had six assists per game. He's had 29.9 points and 5.9 assists. And I think especially with Chris out for a while, but a good amount of weapons still around him, 30 and six is in play. And that could be the kind of stupid thing. Again, 29.9, 5.9. People just love round numbers. But I could totally Darryl see Daryl Morey's yelling, per 36, per 36. <laughs> well, per 36, he's blown those away. But yes. that is exactly yeah. the kind of stupid, on a graphic, on NBA today. He's Giannis has never – and uh, is probably the last player to do that was Iron Knee Jenkins or something. Not really. It's been done a lot. But <laughs> 30 and 6? I'd say I'd love to hear who Iron Knee Jenkins is Harden. for. Harden's done it, I'm sure. Harden Westbrook? did like – Harden, Yeah, Westbrook. Harden did like 40 and – 13 or something crazy like that. But 30 and 6 and a scoring title does make for a good graphic. As, as you, And plus, you know, the 13, 12 probably more likely. Rebounds per I game. Th- yeah. I think he does have a solid MVP case this year, though. If I'm especially, right about the over-under, especially. Let's, are we, let's go right let's now. Let's do award predictions. Win? Rapid fire. MVP. I'm calling my shot. Giannis, three-time MVP. Well, I'm, I mean, I took the over. So if they win 55 games, I think he's definitely winning MVP. I think he probably second doesn't is, win, even if they do that. Oh, I I think if I, Se- who, seconds Embiid for me. I, I I don't think. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about the Embiid sixes. or uh, I think the the really obvious answer, and I think it's really obvious because if his team are to have a season good enough to get him in the mix, forty four wins get isn't all good the credit enough. for it. Is Luca? No. Yeah. Jason. I, Kidd, no, man. I I don't disagree. We've talked about the yeah, maps, I but I, I think. I think you've got to put him right at the forefront because of one, how good he is, and two, I don't think his team or his coach is very good. So if they do find themselves in prominent position in the West, 
it's going to take a superhuman you after him, and he'll get the credit for it. You, I mean, the reason why Giannis won MVP when he did the first time is that they the Bucks had this crazy jump that again very few people saw coming. I feel like all of us saw coming. Not to that extent. No, 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 no. But I feel like all of us in this chat, right yeah, now, we're like, yeah, they're gonna be really good. Yeah, you have if for Luca to win MVP, he, it has to be a top two finish. The Bucks, the Bucks won match. sixty that mm. first year. Yeah, that's the thing. We're talking sixty games after forty three. I think I think Luca's more likely to steal the scoring title than the MVP. I get that he's a favorite. I, I get that. why. I'm just so low on their talent getting worse and Jason Kidd and how his ten years age with team. But know, we've discussed this. It's not. It's not based on merit though. Like, which is the dumb part of all this. I'm not saying he's not going to get the MVP because he won't be the most deserving. Oh player. yeah. We just know how this works at this point. Like, it's the yeah. same way. Like, <laughs> Nikola Jokic, congratulations, you got your two MVPs. Good luck. You're no, no matter what you do, again. you're not getting another one this year. Like think, we've seen this I, one happen with Giannis. I actually might no, like his chances. No I like his chances better than Luca. No, because no. I think they have they a clear they path. I think they have a clear path. They won't. It won't it. happen. Yes, it's not going to be fifty points. No, took, this this happened with Giannis two years ago, or last year, two years ago, whatever it was, where there, like you saw a lot of voters say, the only precedent for this is the last person to win three in a row is Bird. Yeah. Are you putting? Like they, then, they're not putting Giannis in there. You're not putting Jokic. Ja- in. I, the Bucks were not having as good of a regular season. Yo, I think Jokic could win if the Nuggets go run off sixty wins, which I think is much more possible. I think he could no, have an undeniable no case, shot. which no does shot. exist. Giannis did not have an undeniable case the third straight year. I, I, I think that, it, I think it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's it, the other thing too is that it's the it's it's the playoff thing. And granted, again, you're with the Nuggets specifically, they were without their second best player and third best player. But all this criticism about is Nikola Jokic, Jokic actually an MVP worthy, like this bullshit conversation that doesn't actually exist. But like, I don't know. I, I just don't see it unless if it's like overwhelming. It has to he be has like. To, he has to lap the field. Yeah. It had what well, the team has to be number one. Mm-hmm. They have to have a. They have to be the best in the West. Uh, I think all the insane uh, I shit. It w- I think all the insane shit it would take is more realistic than the Mavs actually being a great team this year. I don't. I don't disagree with that either. But and we also we saw Westbrook get no it on a sixth seed, so maybe yeah, yeah. What, what if Jamaran? What if Jamaran does what he did last year? And they play better when he's not playing. He's got to. He's got to play six oh. at least six five games though. He's always, a, he's always, it depends. He's not, he's also not in that tier of player. I'm sorry. I love John. Yeah, he's but he's, no, no, I agree with that. Uh, but if he, if he has a really strong oh. season again, I like Tatum's chances I agree, better. I, I like, I think Tatum, if they do well, if they have a really good regular season, oh, look at what he overcame. The narrative. Oh, he made tacos for the whole team every Tuesday. And they pulled through and he scored 30 or whatever. And I, it wouldn't shock me if he won. We, I think it's Embiid. Okay. So you say you say Embiid, Jordan? I say Embiid. Just Ty, I have to say consistent with my yeah. Sixers going one Adam? in the East. 
Well, let's let's just say Luca. I don't even I don't <laughs> like the Mavs, so that doesn't work. But let's just say Luca. I sure. Th- if he, I don't believe the they'll give the right player. Oh, defensive now, now player of the year. I'm calling. Yes. I think I think he's the odds-on favorite. I'm calling Bam. Yes. I just don't care about this award at all. After they gave it to Marcus Smart, and then the coaches reaffirmed the decision. I I'm I watch different tape than people is what I learned. So who's your pick then? I don't know. Let, let somebody else go. I gotta think about it. What what if Marcus Smart has opened the door again? And it's and true. Holiday yeah, can have. I I don't think he'll ever get it while he's on a team with Giannis. That is fair. That's the one good, thing though, that's a the, good yeah. The books changing their defensive system could could help him to get a little bit more credit if the books go into more denial of trees or contesting trees and if it's just a more active perimeter defense rather than funneling everything to Brook and Yas. Also like, that could play to Drew's. I, I I'm not really saying Drew will win, but you know yeah. I'll just say Drew will win because oh, I think that'll be fun. I've got an answer. Um, I've got my I, it's Rudy Gobert. Rudy they're gonna be fun and exciting and he's gonna do his thing and they oh look at Minnesota has a good be? regular season will defense. Be? Yeah I think so. I saw the clip too of Carl Towns spinning out of control like a wonky helicopter. <laughs> Tilt a whirl. But that's that's gonna help Rudy Gobert, right? They're gonna be like, look at Carl Towns spinning like Gobert did against Steph against every player in the league. It's amazing that they're the eighth defense in the league or whatever they end up. Underrated? Just think this is a spitballing uh deep point candidate, Jared Allen. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, I think similar, yeah, similar reasons. If Cleveland really pops in a way that looks like they might and very well could be making up the for best. making up for a lot of porous guard defense in front of him, or mm-hmm. or maybe maybe we're thinking of the wrong Cleveland big. Maybe it's Mobley. Yeah, that's. I think that's the issue with them. He is. I think. Yeah. I think that that he I think he will make it tough for Jared Allen because people will be like ah but Mobley's right up there with him. That's why I like Gobert. You look at Minnesota's team and they have Vanderbilt right. People like him, but he's not really on the map like that. He's out of Utah. Oh, who's the, who'd they keep? They got they got uh, McDaniel's McDaniel's Jaden similar yeah, long armed yeah. guy. But yeah. do we do, do we think the pecking order has kind of has been worked out yet? Just like from a narrative sense between Mobley and Jared Allen. In a Brook Giannis way, like who is the Brook? Because no. that's that's the guy who's not going to get the credit. I feel like the Brook could end up being Jared Allen. It probably. I mean, if Mobley has a good offensive year, it for sure will, right? Like he's the one. But even defensively, I do think that. Yeah, could but people don't watch more. defense, so I think if Mobley has a fun offensive year and he's good that's on defense, good people will be like, "Oh yeah, Mobley, he's the engine there." Jared Allen okay. got an all star out of this deal. He's he's doing okay. Uh, so Adam, you're picking Drew. Sure. <laughs> Doesn't I believe any of his picks. No, I just I didn't. Yeah, I, I suggested sure. to pull back the curtain. <laughs> I suggested that we do this at the end of this episode. Completely forgot to prepare. Didn't look at names. Didn't give any thought. Yeah. So now welcome. I got one. Oh. I'm like, oh. yeah. Okay. Well, this is not going to answer the question that Rohan just did. I'm doing an offshoot. Does Bud win Coach of the Year? I don't think they're ever no. going to give it to him again. No, they're the not. Thir- the, the three coaches. Situation. He's too dominant. The three coaches to have win the His NBA Coach of the Year three times. Are you ready? Sure. Greg Popovich. That one makes sense. Donnie Nelson. Ooh. 
Don Nelson, sorry, that's his son. Um, and Pat Riley. You know what's crazy? Spose never won. Never, never Spose won. never won. Yeah, yeah. I wonder this if he gets it. Year. But we, everyone says that year. every year, though. Mm, no. This is not going to be the year. If they're good. But that's exactly why it would be the year. That's how these work. But if, oh, they're but running out of gas. Be. And he won 51 games. Don't worry. They're not going to be good. Yeah, we um, argued about this in a previous podcast, folks. What's the, th- what's the threshold? What's I, the think, threshold? I think Nick Nurse is going to win Coach Deer. Ah, uh, no. Oh, that's a good call. No, I think that's people are bored call. of him. Hopefully. His stupid hat. I think we're just bored of him. <laughs> Who couldn't be? Um, Scott take the guitar out. your pick, Ty? Mm. Finch. I'm a, I'll, I'll stick I'm with the Wolves. God, you've got full Jordan here. Me? Yeah, did Jordan get to you with all his Wolves hype? I yeah. was high on the Wolves too. I just wasn't as high as Jordan. <laughs> It could be that I know. Don't, I'm not going to. Oh, actually, you know, I might, I might like Malone more after my Nuggets hype earlier. So make a pick, Mike, Mike Brown. I said Finch. Mike Brown, yeah. No, I okay. said Finch. No, Jordan saying Mike Brown. Yeah, I know. I said no. Jordan, are you allowed to not say Finch? I don't think I am contractually. No, he's going <laughs> to say um, Carlisle. <laughs> They're oh, gonna, they're gonna right. double. They're gonna double their over under by by March. He's gonna win Coach of the Year without going to the playoffs. The only actually coach... no, my picks to win Casey. Dwayne Casey. I was gonna say. I'll... Oh God! But I'm actually I'm holding that for. Who we got there? Okay. Uh, six man of the year. <laughs> that's that's not what we get there. I know, but just gotta get through. <laughs> Do we? I mean, we're we're already halfway, Ty. <laughs> yeah, we gotta finish this. Six ones. man of the year. Bobby Who's really this. good at? <laughs> he wants to do too it. many games again. He wants to do it. Jo- Jordan Poole, uh, Norman Garris Powell, Levert. Garris Levert, maybe. No, Norman Powell actually—that's a really good one. I like that one. Could be important. Robin but he Lopez. might. But uh, problem yeah. though, Norman Powell might might start too many games with if the Clippers might, sit yeah. guys. I'm seeing Tyler Malcolm Brogdon here. Is Brogdon not going to start? Not, no, not, not initially. Okay, I'll take Brogdon then. Brogdon's I know, a solid I know it requires him to be healthy. Gonna but say. Healthy. It also requires I, him to score at least 20 points a game. Not necessarily is, 20. because nah, This is what this award is, though. We've moved a little bit past that. Right? The Lou Williams Tyler, era, Tyler Hero just averaged The Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford reign of terror is over. But, but, no, yeah, but Tyler, yeah, Tyler, Tyler Hero's Hero, reign of terror now. has just begun. Yeah. Wow. And Clarkson, Clarkson split it with Ingles like two years ago. He's pretty much that That's guy, right. too. Yeah, uh, I'm. I think. I think Jordan Poole. Probably go with him. Jordan Clarkson on wherever he ends up. Phoenix. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean Jordan Poole and Hero are obviously the good bets. Hero's gonna start, I think. Oh, then maybe not. <laughs> you get plus eight thousand on Joe Ingles. <laughs> Does Desmond <laughs> Bean start? I can't believe Ingles yeah. is listed. Okay. That's the same odds as Derek Rose. I got it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, oh boy. He can't even get it out. Oh, is he going to say? Russ, Russell Westbrook. Oh. <laughs> Russ is uh, the seventh favorite. Oh, wow. Because he's a name. Yeah. 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 Right. Vegas yeah, is just collecting money. On the name. They're just collecting yeah. money on that. God, that is so funny. Um, What's, are we missing one? Executive of the year? Executive of the year? 
No, what was the one? Uh, most rookie. improved? Rookie. Most oh, improved. Rookie. Uh, Keegan Murray for rookie for me. Jaden Ivey. Jaden, I, I like that. Get I like off. that pick. <laughs> this is 40 games, Jordan. <laughs> uh, I love that this segment, good pick. this segment is just all us confirming our priors with no other thought given. Kind of stick to it. It's all part of the one thing for now. Like, you gotta. Uh, I'm going to go bold. Sam Presti, because he. Found another rookie way. Of the year? <laughs> yeah, because he found another way to sit one of his rookies. <laughs> Play pro am ball. Sam Presti for rookie of the year is a bold picture. They're gonna need him to suit up when they run out of players. <laughs> You're damn right. It's <laughs> well, it's overdue at this point to tank. If not Jaden um, Ivey, you're going. The Mavericks Jay, rolled out Jay Tony Durham, Romo right? a couple years ago. Yeah. Let's do it with Sam Presti. <laughs> Um, I think I might take the safe pick. Just go Paolo. Yeah. He's going to get buckets, too, if he stays healthy. Yeah, it might end up being a stats versus roll on team thing if the Kings are good. But that's also a huge if. Like last year's Rookie of the Race was rare. The fact that the top two guys were on teams that at least went to the plan or greater. Yeah. I don't see yeah. that. The best player from that class was third. Who finished third? Cade. Oh, oh. I thought oh, Jalen yeah, Green yeah. did for a second, and I was like, whoa, yes, whoa, whoa. Same. Okay, that's fine. Do we, Are we doing do, executive of the year? Yeah. Do we do miss that. most approved? Was that oh, most the other improved. one? We did. Most improved. Let's do that one because that's a, I think that's a Javon Carter. Got a pick. <laughs> you laugh. You laugh. <laughs> The the uh the ESPN yeah. I mean, everyone wants John Wall. I just don't know what like we know what John. John I don't know what, Wall. I like. I, I don't. I don't think you should win it because you just didn't play for a year because you didn't want to. No, come off the not bench. John. That Wall. is not a comeback. How that is a John, vacation. The, no, but that's that's there's not a improvement. Lot of, there's either, a lot of comeback worthy players that like you could say John Wall, Jamal Murray. I know, but there's a lot of guys coming back. That's that's the NFL. That's what it was originally. Well, the change. I'm going with Javon. I'm all in. Yeah, Javon, let's do it. Uh, that's I love Javon. I hope he has a great season. That's insane. I can't wait to see the comments. Ooh. And I picked Jaden Ivey for rookie of the year. Um, Adam's going to go tough Bay time for this one. Looking past Tyrese Halbert, who is the favorite, so that's pretty. Hmm. This award is stupid. Hmm. If he wins. Everyone I, yeah. likes Tyrese Halliburton. Jordan, he can improve without the Pacers. A Pacers pick? What? (laughs) Um, God, this is always hard. Like the second favorite, Jordan, is Anthony Edwards. It's just, or sorry, who's the the favorite? Halliburton and Edwards are both plus nine hundred. Where's Tyrese Maxey? And and Zion Williamson is plus fourteen hundred. I actually. Tyrese Maxey is plus sixteen hundred. He's fourth favorite with Orgy. These are all bad. I mean, Maxey maybe, but I, they, they're all good. Like, but Maxey had such improvement last year. Yeah, yeah that's what I was gonna say. Should have won it last year. Yeah. Who's the one most improved? Jalen Brunson's plus eighteen hundred. Yeah. Like, how can he most, improve? Who won most improved last year? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> glad glad okay. we're doing this segment. Executive of the year. <laughs> okay, Brad Stevens. Yeah, There's probably. a narrative there that's going to, uh, if the Celtics have a good season and Malcolm Brogdon, say, does stay healthy. John Morant he... won most improved last year. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. okay. I do care about that, to be that's fair. That's fine. 
Um, so that's all the awards. We went through it. We did it. We got through there eventually. This has been a slog. We're we not doing we the it. whole executive. I, we just I gave that. mine, and then no one else just throw and just called it. Ty, I assumed you didn't care that much. Tim Connolly. Yeah, Tim Connolly. Let's do it. What did what what did the Nuggets do? Wolves. He's on the Wolves. Wolves, excuse me. Wolves, excuse me. Wow. Wolves. Yeah. Should have known when Jordan picked them. That should have. Been Kobe Altman is a. D- it's it's whoever finishes best out of Nuggets, uh, Celtics. Or excuse me, I, I did it too. Wolves, Celtics, Cavs. Cavs. Give it pr- against their expectations. They're yeah. just going to be like, "Wow, you did a great job with that risky trade. It panned out this year." You, you know what's you know what's crazy? We're not going to we're not going to see a clean sweep again like we did with the Bucks with Coach of the Year, MVP, Executive of the Year. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see that again, really. I don't think it's going to be a long time until we do. I uh, we we brought it back. We tied it's not it back a, it's not impossible. I can see teams where it's possible. Jordan's Sean, Jordan's favorite team. I do think there is a scenario. I that don't think true. it would happen. But. Sean Marks is on my list for exec of the year. If they if they were actually good, I could see them being like he kept the ship together. <laughs> Look at that crisis, so, crisis expert so, Sean Marks. It's so inspiring. You know what the real um, biggest offseason acquisition was? Kevin Durant. That's going to be the start of an athletic piece that's yeah. eighteen thousand words long about this. <laughs> His boardroom. Uh, yeah, we're definitely uh, and and on that note, let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> um, this is uh, this was a, a extensive preview. We touched a lot of different stuff. We even talked about Giannis. It was good. Made our MVP <laughs> prediction, um, award predictions. It was it was good. Hopefully, you all enjoy it, and hopefully, you guys are going to be riding with us for the entire season because we are going to have things covered for you for the Milwaukee Bucks on all things GSPN, Euro stuff, win and six, everything. We're going to be. We're going to be talking Milwaukee Bucks all season long. Hopefully you're here for the ride. Um, looking forward to it. Season starts on Thursday. Uh, very, very excited. We should be doing a playback for that game. We should have announced that earlier, but we didn't. We forgot. Uh, but we're doing it now. People are um, definitely listening to the end. Real listeners know, and that's all that matters. Yes. Uh, and thank you. We appreciate that. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you're listening or watching to this. YouTube, podcast, platform, and choice. Leave a five-star rating and review. Check out gspn.info for all things Eurostep Podcast Network. Pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.